0: Everyone, Thank you for tuning in to Conversation Peace Podcast with your host Shemaya and Kim.
1: There are five stages of grief that you go through during a loss. It is denial. It is anger. It is bargaining. It is depression and acceptance. Okay. So these are five stages and all, and you can go through these stages at different points and different times. During your grief process, I remember switching over to grieving the loss of my mother. I was bargaining with God. Lord, I I need you to bring her back to life. I need you to breathe life in her because I know that you can. There was definitely a stage of depression that I went through because I didn't really deal with her death like I needed to when I needed to, and I end up going through a, a deep depression uh, for about, I want to say, three months. I really went through, but I kind of, God pulled me out, you know, um, of it. But three months, I had, it just really hit me, and I was feeling just really depleted of an ability to function because I hadn't really dealt with her death. The acceptance part, Comes in time. There's no time limit. I feel like, with regards to my mother's death, I have accepted God's plan and I have a peace that I can't understand and I can't explain. There were stages of denial where I was about to call my mama or I was about to go over to her house. There was a a level of denial where I felt like, okay, she's on vacation right now. She's on a cruise ship and she, you know, I can't call her right now. I think I was angry. It showed up somewhere else with someone else.
0: I realize that people don't walk away from toxic relationships because they don't want to feel grief. But then they don't realize that if they don't walk away, it's going to continue to be extended and they're not going to fully heal, and then they're going to become tainted and jaded and then not really have anything left the right person it's hard because you don't want to feel that pain you don't want to feel that heartbreak so you continue to go back or you continue to prolong the process of of it coming to an end and just completely cutting ties it's important to deal with what you need to deal with and, and heal because why continue to spend so much of your life trying to make a a toxic relationship or just a relationship that you just know you're not supposed to be in. Why try to keep that going? Because you don't want to feel that heartbreak or that grief, but you might as well just go ahead and allow yourself to deal with that pain and then heal, but not go back because you're, you're going to set yourself up for more grief. And then it's going to, again, prolong that process. Going back to the five stages of of grief, so yeah. you said one, denial, two, anger, three, bargaining, four, depression, five, acceptance. When I lost my brother, it was a harsh, heavy blow because I was close to my brother. And it's a different type of grief when you lose someone that you're close to. I even lost my father or at least I found out that I lost my father. I had been trying to find him for 10 years. And that was also part of the grief that I had been dealing with as a child, is just not even having a father around. And so when I found out that my father was gone, I grieved. And it it was painful because I'm like, wow, I wanted him to know that he was a grandfather. I wanted him to maybe walk me down the aisle one day, you know. And so it, it hurt. but Then shortly thereafter, the situation happened with my brother, and that pain of me losing my father had nothing on the pain that I felt when I lost my brother. It almost made me forget that situation with my father. So the first stage of of denial, that's exactly what I went through every stage, and it happened quickly. Mm -hmm. I was in denial because... The moment that I got the news about my brother, I had an overwhelming sense of peace that came over me. The things of the spirit defies logic. And Mm -hmm. so when I felt the overwhelming sense of peace that came over me, in my natural mind, I was in denial. And I was thinking, maybe I'm feeling peace because it's a case of mistaken identity. Mm -hmm. That was my denial. But then I'm driving on the highway and I realize I have to go tell my mother these, this news. So that whole idea of maybe it's a case of mistaken identity, the reality kicked in when I had to go tell my mother this news because it, that was the news that we I received. So mm-hmm. even though I felt peace, I still had to tell her, you know. And so when I told her, she was in denial. And I told her, I said, I said, Mommy, please don't 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 go crazy. I thought she was gonna destroy my place. I said, please, please, please stay calm and I said, I have something to tell you. I said, but I'm gonna need you to stay calm. And so I told her the news and the first thing she said is, It ain't over yet. And so when she said that, it triggered the denial within me. And I said Well, maybe it's a case of mistaken identity, and maybe she feels that in her spirit. Because, look, we've been going to church. I've been going to church my whole life, and so I'm familiar with things of the spirit. But, again, just because you're a spiritual uh, or religious person, that doesn't exempt you from going through the human experience and the stages of of grief. Mm -hmm. And so even in that, we were in denial. We went to church And the message was about Lazarus and God resurrecting Lazarus from the grave. And so we thought, oh, my God, maybe God is trying to tell us that he's going to raise Emmanuel from the dead. My brother's name was Emmanuel. Then we went to another church service. And when we walked in the building, we we heard, Emmanuel, Emmanuel, Emmanuel. And we're looking at each other like, why are they calling Emmanuel? But there was a young boy who was an usher whose name was Emmanuel. So there was different signs that I believe God was trying to tell us that he's still in this, you know. But that didn't mean that he was coming back to life. The next stage, anger. I was angry with God because when I went to that funeral, sure enough, that was him. And I touched his cold body and I'm like, it's not a case of mistaken identity. God didn't resurrect him. He's right here. His body, the soul of him wasn't there because that is the true essence of who we are. That's how we're yeah. able to live yeah. and, and have our being in God who who breathes life into our, into our body. And when that yeah. breath is gone, the soul and the spirit is gone, and his body was right there. So that denial, that was when the denial went away and then i went to the next phase of anger because i was thinking to myself god why why did you let this happen why didn't you resurrect him why why wasn't it just a case of mistaken identity so all this time i'm thinking these things being hopeful that denial part is really you like being hopeful that maybe it's, it's not what it is because it's so devastating and so painful that you can't Possibly fathom that this has this has right. happened. Right. So your brain is trying to process. Like, no, this this can't be true. Mm-hmm. This can't be true. It's got to be something else because it's too much, and it's like your brain is try- can't find a place, and in- you can't find a place in your brain to to put that information. Right. And so I was I was angry, and I'm like, God, I prayed for my brother, and I told him the last time I spoke to him, I said, God is going to rescue you. And I said, God has purpose for your life because he was broken and he was crying to me. So that was why I was angry because I'm like, okay, I understand that we're not going to be here forever. I understand, God, that we're not we're not meant to live here on planet Earth forever. But at, at the same time, why did it have to happen like that? So I was really angry about the way it happened. I'm like, you couldn't have prevented that from happening like that? How just devastating it was. I just shift my thinking and I just surrendered and I just started to basically after dealing with the other stages, the stage of depression, I just surrendered. And I asked God, I'm I'm like, because I know I can't control what happened. I can't control anything. And so I asked God, I said, why was it so bad that he couldn't be here any longer? And I believe God's response to me was, it wasn't that it was so bad here. It was just so good. It's so good there. It's so good there. And the thing is, is that we are made for eternity. This is just a temporary place for us. This is not the final destination. When we understand that, we start to think bigger and we start to set our minds on what God really has for us. I'm still grieving from time to time. I'm still grieving, but I realize when you just get to that final stage of acceptance and you realize this is what it is, you start to let go, and you just start to surrender. And I also was going to therapy, and outside of, you know, going to church, that that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. I had to do the work. I listen to people like Ianla Van Zandt, and, and she always says, do the work. At the end of her video, she always says, do the work. I didn't understand that until I went to therapy. And I realized, wow, this is work. Because every day I was going in that session being told about myself. And it didn't really feel good, but at the same time I knew she's telling things to me that's going to help me. But so one day she told me, she said, I was holding my purse. I was, like, cradling my purse. And she said, you see how you're – you're holding your purse. She said, that's how you, you're holding on to your problems. She said, you're going to have to let it go. And the, and the crazy thing is I was trying to fight for justice. I couldn't just grieve. I had to, now i got to pick up and, and just and fight. But And I told everybody, I said, I'm not letting this go. I'm going to fight. I'm not letting this go. And then here I am in my session, and she tells me, you're going to have to let this go. I really begin to think about what does that mean? What does it mean to let something go like what how can i let this go how can i let this go i really started to process that i didn't even ask her what do you mean by that i just i was too busy trying to process What? how do what do what does that mean let it go let it go how am i going to do that And little by little i just surrendered i'm like okay i started to think okay I, i have no control over this part so whatever I don't have control over, I'm going to have to leave it alone. I'm going to have to free it from my mind. So that's the part of letting it go is not harboring unforgiveness, not harboring the fact that, oh, why did you let this happen, God? Or harboring the things that we can't um, fix, just holding on to it and and, and thinking about it. You got to get to the point where you just fill yourself with, good things. The Bible says to think on these things. Whatsoever is lovely whatsoever is just whatsoever is of good report. He didn't ask us to think on these things. He told us to do that. And so we have a requirement. We have a responsibility that even though these painful things that yes, God allowed to happen, happen, we still have to make a choice to every day, even though yes, this hurts. But sometimes it's about that mind, and it's, it's what you're filling with in your mind. Why not hold on to positive thoughts or memories? It's a choice that you have to make because then you'll stay there. Then you'll stay in pain and stay in grief. Yeah. And, and, and it's not comfortable. It doesn't feel good. So you, so you have to get to the point where you just, that's a part of surrendering. You're choosing to fill your mind with good things. You're listening to positive people. you speaking affirmations over yourself, you reading the Bible, doing things and filling your mind with things that's going to get your mind off of the negative things. Because what can you do if you cannot control the things that that may have happened? And it's like, it's hard because how, how do you trust God when he did let something happen? And so it kind of feels like, well, what if something else happened again? What if this happens again? And And then you get to the point where you still have to surrender. You still have to let that go. Well, you definitely have to know
1: where God stands in your life. And if he's not a priority during that stage of serious grief, he's either going to become by choice or by force. (laughs) Amen. Um, We have to believe beyond what we see and what we feel. If we truly have a relationship with God, and there's a difference between believing God's word and believing God, but having a true, genuine relationship with God and allowing the word of God to manifest in our lives, even when it's conflicting to how we're feeling because of grief, you have to have a real relationship with God. God has to be in this thing with you and you have to know he's in it with you. I can say that I have grieved a lot. I've grieved a lot of things and I've grieved a lot of losses and I don't think I would be here today if I was trying to cipher through my stages of grief on my own without the help of God. It, it would not. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here. I would be a guardian angel to somebody right now. And it's something that we have to understand and you know through our stages of grief and especially through that denial or that anger because when you're angry with God it's it's such a a trap for the enemy to come in and bestow fear And all the negative stuff that comes with it, you know. Oh, she's angry with God, so let me go on in here and stir the pot. And part of my process of grief when I lost my mother, I didn't even really have time to grieve her because I was so angry with everybody else and how they were acting and how they were dealing with just not having the compassion and not being able to really understand my stage of grief. But what I had to realize with that, and I had to learn to accept in that stage, like I'm, I, I, the, the grief of my mom, and inside of that grief, there was other grief of incompassionate people. That was that stage of anger that I had to deal with, denial of, I can't believe that my own family members is acting this way when I just lost my mama. Like, y'all don't understand? I just lost my mama. And so in those stages, even in those little stages of grief, I had to come to a place of acceptance. Okay, God, I accept the fact that they don't know you like I know you, so they can't handle this process like I'm handling it. Each stage of grief have a place for God. There's a place for God in each of those stages. And he's so much bigger than it. But when he gets you to a place of understanding each stage, there's a piece that comes with it that, again, you can't explain it. You can't understand it. You just have to surrender to it. It's just important. It's to understand those stages and know that God is in each and every stage of grief, He is in each and every aspect of it. In order to understand that, you have to know him. We have to know God for ourselves. We have to have that real relationship with him, not just biblically know the word and be able to speak it and be able to quote the scripture, but to really have to be able to feel the presence of God to feel the conviction of God, to feel the compassion and the love of God through our actions. You're quoting the scripture, but, you know, you're still being mean to other people. God ain't in your heart. You exactly. just know the word of God. You just know the word of God. Those stages of grief are so important um, to even know in your own, just your everyday life. When you wake up, You are dealing with different stages of denial, acceptance, bargaining. You know, you're dealing with, you're still dealing with these stages. You know, they are part of the grief system, but they are part of our everyday life. And we have to be able to tap into where God is in these stages in our life. I was just applying it to those stages. I was applying it to a specific person who's in authority on my job that I had to go through grief stages dealing with this particular person. I'm not in denial anymore that it's not me (laughs) because I was thinking maybe it's just me. I'm not in denial. There's no denial that it's me. But I'm accepting the facts and I'm accepting my, my role and responsibility and accountability. So this group of grief can apply in so many areas in our lives. The beauty of this whole social distancing is we're not using it as a Band-Aid. We're able to face it head-on. We're able to, God is able to get our attention now because we, all those little stuff that distracts us from really being able to grow and grow out of these stages, those little social activities are no longer available to us. We can go walk at a park. We still have social distance, and that still might be quiet time that God needs to allow us to hear from him. There is beauty in this pandemic because it, it is drawing us closer to God. If if you're open to it and understanding, even in this stage of grief, of being socially disconnected to a lot of people in a lot of situations, you know, shopping was my thing. You know, there was no reason for me not to shop. You know, I didn't need a reason to shop. So, for the stores to be closed down, I mean, I don't even—I'm not even motivated to shop online. Like, I don't—I don't need nothing. I just realized, okay, I really don't need nothing else. But I need more of God. I need more of God to clear my mind. I need to be able to get rid of some of this stuff in my my mental, so that I can be free to receive what God has for me, and that. It's so important. It all comes back to relationship with God, whatever stage you're in in life. If you're in a good place, you're not in a storm, you're not in a fire, you're not going through a trial or tribulation, it's still important to have God there, to still preparing you for the next stage in life. This grief process is is so applicable to so many areas, not just death and dying, not just a divorce or a relationship trauma. It's beyond a uh, relational, you know. It's you know, just just being able to clear your mind and think about your life.
0: There's stages of grief in that, you know, it's like There's so many, like you said, areas that you can be grieving about and and not even know it, and just try to go on and and put a, a mask on, because that's what society wants. Nobody wants to hear. After they're asked, "How are you doing?" They don't want to hear, "Oh, I'm in pain." And, and then I'll keep going. You know, I want to kind of go back to what a person can do to help themselves get through grief, and then. If you can, Kim, close us out in prayer. The first thing you need to do when you're going through grief is recognize what the process is. The five stages, number one, denial, number two, anger, number three, bargaining, number four, depression, number five, acceptance. Once you recognize what's happening, then you have to find a way to release it. And that's not even optional. That's That's a requirement because you can't hold on to that feeling of grief because you won't be able to live. The way you can release it is you have to talk about it. Whether you get counseling, there's uh, I can mention about grief counseling. Maybe reach out to your church or just go online and do the research about uh, grief counseling or just getting a counselor or a therapist in general. Or finding someone that you can confide in that you know would understand and not brush you off or just not have really um, any empathy or compassion. Find someone that you can talk to and share. And even if you've got to rotate people, because sometimes people get tired, they have their own stuff going on. I, I, That's what I used to do is rotate people. Like, okay, today I'll call this person <laughs> the next day, you know, so I can just get it out. So that's that's what's been helping me. I've been finding every excuse to talk about this case and let the world know who Emmanuel Oates was. Um, I'm in school, and when we're we have to give a presentation and we have to pick a topic, I'm always talking about police brutality. So that's how I'm able to release it. And then as Kim mentioned, have an outlet. Like, again, we will go to karaoke, and then that closed down. So now it's like, okay, now what? Now, you know, even if you just have to be in touch with or in tune with nature, you that's not closed down. God didn't shut no. his earth down. You know, even though this COVID situation, they're requiring us to be inside, use the necessary precautions, but go out, run, jog, walk. Go to the park. The park's, I mean, unless you're planning on swinging and going down the slide,
1: the park is open,
0: you know. You can walk around the park. You can find places to maybe go for a little hike or something. Um, You know, maybe invite a friend and do your whole social distancing thing. But, find find ways to 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 get it out, and even if you gotta sing, if you gotta dance, if you gotta hike, if you gotta exercise, do whatever you can to get it out and release it because it's toxic to your body to hold on to pain and grief, I don't know if you wanna add anything to that, Kim otherwise you can close us out in prayer, yeah, just
1: I would say to definitely find creative ways, meditation, just, you know, listening to something in the natural nature-wise, clearing your head, clearing your mind, and as you said, exercising, just being able to find a place where, you know, physically act, physically active, get you a punching bag and uh, some boxing gloves and, and punch away. It really is a way to release the stress of grief and help you get through your day. So I would love to close in prayer with a specific prayer. It is a prayer for grief and loss. And it's it's one that is it's dear to me in my stage of when I lost my mom, the process of this prayer, the Prayer by alone was just a blessing, um, and I found it to be a relief for me as I was dealing with whatever emotions I was dealing with. So I would love to end this with this prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to come into my life this day and help me to deal with the pain and loss I'm experiencing. Holy Spirit, as the Comforter. I ask you to counsel me on how to take my grief and make me whole. Jesus, I ask you to help me walk through the valleys of the shadow of death. You, O Lord, are my Savior and King, and I trust you in all my days. It brings me comfort to know that whatever I am grieving, whatever I have lost, it is at peace, and even more, while I am still here on earth, it is not lost and will not be the last time I will see this person or this circumstance to come to pass. Father, sometimes this hole in my heart is hurting and my soul is unbearable because I miss someone. I miss the smile. I miss their touch. I miss the sound of their voice, the feel of their arms around me. I miss the security that I felt when I was with them, and the confidence when I was afraid. Please, Lord, wrap me in Your arms and hide me under the shadow of Your wing. Guide us through this painful journey in order for us to be at to be. To, I'm sorry in order for us to be in your glory. This is my cross as a Christian to bear for such a time I will keep my eyes on you. I surrender to you my pain, my tears, my heartache, my sorrow, my feelings of separation and loneliness in order for you to do your will in my life. I will not be depressed. I will not be overwhelmed. I will not lose my mind nor faith because to do so would diminish the power of God and Lord over everything. You alone are my refuge, my strength, and in you do I place my trust. Return to me the joy of my salvation in order that I may serve you all the
0: days of my life. Amen. We want to thank you all for listening to us. Um, Hopefully you are blessed, and maybe you can even listen to it again and um, continue to be blessed. Have a blessed rest of your day.
1: Yes, thank you for tuning in. God bless, and have a wonderful day.